0: sister welcome back to late i think of rosewood i'm haley and i'm morgan and today we're talking about the perfectionist or should we say pretty little liars the perfectionist honestly a mistake i think yeah it it, it makes it impossible to search Mm -hmm. because you like it doesn't know that you're talking about the perfectionist if you don't type pretty little liars before it until you're most of the way through the word yeah it's been a real pain in the butt every time i'm trying to look it up on imdb and stuff yeah no it's it's been tough and it's also just way too long Yeah, it's way too long of a title. Anyways, (laughs) we'll get to our notes (laughs) later on. Um, But The Perfectionist is a TV show. It was 10 episodes that aired on Freeform in 2019. It's loosely based on um, Sarah Shepard's book. Is it a series? I think so. That, no, wait. Yeah, okay. It is loosely based. I was like just double checking that like it was based on a book, and then I got I messed myself up. But it is based on the 2014 novel, just one, by Sarah Shepard called The Perfectionist. But I think it's obviously I, I haven't read The Perfectionist, and I have not even read a. I mean, I haven't read Pretty Little Liars books either, um. But and I haven't read like a description, but I my I'm gathering it's a fairly loose interpretation. Yeah, I'm sure. So to start, we're just gonna like we're, I'm just gonna read like the synopsis that uh, Google gives you when you do type in Pretty Little Liars: The Perfectionist. <laughs> uh, Set a few years after the events of Pretty Little Liars, three college friends struggle with the stress of being overachievers in the picturesque town of Beacon Heights. Meanwhile, Alison DiLaurentis and Mona Vanderwaal have left Rosewood to travel to Beacon Heights for a fresh start with their careers and families. When a murder happens in Beacon Heights home to the prestigious Beacon Heights University, where excellence is a requirement. Excellence is a requirement. Everyone is put on edge. The seemingly perfect town may not be so perfect after all. I, I'm gonna ask, I don't know that the town seemed perfect to begin with. <laughs> it seemed like a fascist police state and it was. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Also, I love the idea of a fresh start for with their careers and their families. And by their families, we mean, leaving their families behind. <laughs> we mean Allison leaving her two young children on the other side of the country. Yeah. Cuz Beacon Heights is like in Oregon basically, right? Like yeah. it's it's giving Pacific Northwest for sure. Yeah. Um and yeah. Allison
1: forget about she
0: doesn't care about those two kids. Yeah. At one point one of the other characters says to her it's like you're a single mom like your kids are going to are going to, you know, appreciate how hard you've worked for them has <laughs> yeah sounds like emily's raising two toddler twins back in in rosewood yeah which to be fair she was the one that wanted them <laughs> that's true um i mean maybe that's how we should start so maybe we should start talking about kind of where we are with allison and yeah. then of course our fave mona of what they what brings them to beacon heights and i know we also wanted to go through kind of some of the other characters but yeah so for all of you that like didn't watch the perfectionist oh, yes. good uh we're we're going to do like a synopsis tell you who the main characters are kind of the lay of the land going into this but the episode as a whole we're going to try to keep spoiler free because our final verdict is that this is actually worth watching yes which so is... we don't want to spoil it because we know a lot of people have not watched it yes. which is why it only got one season <laughs> yes the and evidence. that was um, if you're hearing this and you're shocked we were equally as shocked. Yeah, when we were watching it, and we got to the end, and we we're like, "I, I could like, go for more." I would like a season two, actually. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So it's definitely worth a watch. If, that is our recommendation. Yeah, if you have seen it, we're gonna add at the very end of the episode, we'll introduce it so everyone knows we're gonna have a spoiler section where we talk about some of our thoughts on like the things the, that are spoilers. Yes. Uh, yes. But we definitely encourage you not to listen to that if you haven't watched. The show yet yes but also or or if you're one of those people that absolutely cannot stand to watch a show that doesn't have like a ending then i guess you can go ahead and listen to the spoilers because you probably right. aren't going to want to watch it yeah um yeah so let's start with allison so like the google description said allison's here to get a fresh start without her family. Yeah, (laughs) fresh start from her family. Yes. Uh. Uh, And she was recruited to Beacon Heights University, also frequently called BHU, um, to be a TA. And it turns out she was recruited to be a TA buy some software that mona built so like yeah mona works mona seems to wear a lot of hats but one of her main hats is admissions and she created slash recruitment slash recruitment and she created like an algorithm to find Mm -hmm. and i just here's my question about that here's my question about that why would mona need software to recruit ali well, Mona didn't know that Allie got flagged by the software. That was, or by it's the Is algorithm. Is that what we're supposed to believe? That's what Mona says. Like, she had no idea until, like, later that Allie was even coming. It wasn't, okay. like, intentional on Mona's part. And I think we're supposed to really trust Mona in this. There's yeah. not as much, like, there, there's not that sense, like, in Pretty Little Liars, where you're never quite sure how much you can trust Mona. Mm-hmm. You can trust Mona in this in yeah. this show. But back to Allie. We're skipping Yeah, ahead, sorry. Bro. Back to Allie. So basically, her and Emily, I mean, much to our pleasure, sorry, Emerson shippers, canonically, they do not end up together. Yeah. Her and Emily are getting in the middle of a divorce. Um, Emily's back home with the kids. And um, one thing that, you know, she's, her and Mona are catching up and Allie is, Kind of regaling what happened with Emily, and she says, "quote Emily loves me. She just can't get past the past." And I love that because that's. I mean, when we were talking, we've talked about like Allie and Emily and how we don't like that relationship because of the past. Yeah, that's the exact reason we have for why we don't think exactly. that they would work as a couple. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I love that Marlene's on our on the same page as us. Yeah. So so okay. I think we need to talk about the fact Allie is a TA. Yes. And also we do, we do later on, they do make it very clear that she is also getting a master's. Which makes sense, like master's students, but the the way that they talk about and treat her and the way that she refers to herself is as faculty, Right, which generally master's students that are TAs are not considered faculty. Also, she is, Seems to just be teaching this class. At no point right. do we see the professor that she's supposed to be TAing for. uh She grades all the papers. She handles all the disciplinary stuff mm-hmm. around some like cheating. She is, she teaches all the lectures. She's, she chose the book. She chose the she book. Chose she chose the seems books that they're from... reading. She's like, I want us to read a book from one of my favorite authors, Agatha Christie. Yeah. And then there were none. It, yeah. She's, co- she's... Cr- she creates the curriculum. Yeah. A- and it doesn't make, any sense because master's students also as part like will often teach courses not as tas but as the primary instructor for the course and of course they still have their advisor and whatever that but like why did we make her a ta why did we talk about like they recruited her as a TA is which the is way crazy. they talk about it, which is not how being a TA works. No, that's you also not get... even really how being a master student. No, works. you don't get recruited to be a master student. You apply. Yes. Um, and I think though, this really kind of goes back to the fact that it seems to us mm-hmm. that I'm Arlene King, queen of our hearts, doesn't know what a ta is yeah because we have we ran into this issue also in rosewood it was less explicitly an issue i think because the ta in question meredith was less i don't know involved yeah or whatnot and then wasn't jackie also a ta yeah i think so like i think yeah we we so we get glimpses of like oh we really are acting as if tas are faculty yeah Um And I think that I, Marlene King, thinks that TAs are faculty. Yeah. Rather than students first. Right. That's actually the whole, the whole sort of business plan concept around this is that you basically get to use students as free labor. Yeah. (laughs) Because they often don't, like, they, sometimes they get paid. It depends. Like, sometimes you, they get paid. Sometimes it's like, they get credit in a course Mm -hmm. for being a TA. It kind of depends. But like... It, well and let's also this, not forget this, Allie recruited as a TA yeah given a full home that was the other thing it, Allie, like it's given a full house to live in where like Mona and other characters it's explicitly stated that they have like an apartment yeah and they, and they, 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 they do kind of like, give a reason for yeah. that it's a weird one we'll get to that but yeah it's just strange that like essentially this is and what is she getting her master's in like I would assume some sort of literature. Maybe American literature. <laughs> yeah. She saw how useful Ezra's master's degree in American literature yeah, was. She's she like, like I also want to know how to get rid of dead bodies and trunks. <laughs> yes. Um but like something it seems to be something English related. Yeah, they co- they she's like an English TA. Yeah, so definitely not something that is highly valued by universities typically not that listen if you're an english master's student good on you but they're typically not bringing in the big dollars they're not big gonna be big donors after yeah so like the idea that she's been recruited like i could like i could get it like if she was you know like a computer scientist or something it was like where they're like we really want to get like that had done work that had like and they were like we really want to get this person at the university um i I don't think that they do that with With high school English teachers. No. And I think, like, they do, and we'll get to it, like, they do kind of give a reason, more of a reason for why she was recruited. Mm -hmm. But, like, it still doesn't, it still is odd because it's just like recruiting is not a thing. So, like, that should have been red flags. Yeah. Allie should have been like, wait, what? (laughs) I didn't apply. (laughs) Exactly. And then, kind of, okay. And then the big thing really that happens. Allie inserts herself into this big mystery, um, into the murder mentioned earlier and like kind of starts almost, um, mentoring. Yeah. Like the perfectionists, which are the, the, the core three. Yeah. She starts mentoring them on like how to get away with with murder. murder? (laughs) Emily's Keating. (laughs) It's, I would I would have loved if this had started with Allison walking up to a blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> right, how to get away with murder? Yeah, but uh, yeah, she she there's just not like she doesn't. It, it's a little bit unclear. We'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll delve into more like what are her motives here. But she basically like inserts herself by like presenting herself as the alibi for these three students mm-hmm. for the murder uh, because she doesn't like the cop that's investigating it. It's, she doesn't like any cops yeah but uh yeah it's interesting so i mean yeah so she she really kind of becomes a mentor for the three perfectionists and helps them like yeah she kind of uses like it's kind of like what we wanted of like Allie using her powers for good yeah it's true yeah and like i think we could have i i think we could have made her even better probably Mm -hmm. But she definitely, like, she schools them a fair bit. And, like, mm-hmm. that's very satisfying. I like yeah. to see Allie use yeah. use everything she's learned for good. Totally. So now let's talk about Mona. Yeah. Um, one thing I love about Mona is her entrance. She is just, like, full wielding a big butcher knife. Yeah. In Chef's order to, like, knife. it turns out, cut up a pie. Yeah. Mona's super into pie, guys. Yeah, she's really into pie now. Yeah. Um, which i guess they set up kind of with like the black crow diner two crows oh yeah you're two right Two crows. Yes. that's what it was yeah i forgot about those pies yeah so the, that was a real they do a lot of throwback yeah. to the two crows diner and the pie yeah. by having mona just be really into pie but i kind of i love the way that she like basically we we see her for the first time yeah. as she's like being kind of creepy like hiding coming around corners in like yeah. allison's like house that she's been given yeah and she's just like holding a big big ass knife yeah it's so menacing and I love it it's a great entrance um but anyways as we mentioned she kind of wears a lot of hats at at BHU she I think originally came for game design which okay fun she loves a game um and then i think they brought her into recruitment but i also think recruitment is a bit of a cover for her real job which is working with their security system beacon guard which we'll get into um but then also there's like a smattering of party planning yeah she does do some party planning (laughs) she wears a lot of hats she you know she's got to keep busy um she's also in love with a chess player that she plays with online And, you know, we're not going to spoil, like, who that turns out to be and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mona gets a bit of, like, a, a love a love subplot in, mm-hmm. in this, which is nice. Because Mona doesn't get much of that in Pretty Little Liars. No. But. Um, and then one thing I did want to also mention is they do, like, obviously the end of Pretty Little Liars, she's got Alex Drake and Mary Drake yeah. in the basement of a doll <laughs> yeah. hospital in Paris. Yeah. And they do give an explanation. And she says, the reason I was there in Paris escaped me. Um, and I just, guys. And later on. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, and how, how, have we told anybody? Have we told yeah, Spencer? Has Mona let people know <laughs> Alex Drake <laughs> no. is on the loose? It's a great setup for the eventual Pretty Little Liars movie. <laughs> yes. That I right. want, the, our like clue uh, movie where they're all in a mansion. Yes. Um, but she also at one point. The, the cop lady who we'll get to, the sort of Linda Tanner type character mm-hmm. of this show, does say to Mona at one point, uh, are you worried that Alex and Mary Drake are gonna come after you, mm-hmm. that they're gonna try and find you? So, like, she explicitly knows that yeah. Mona was keeping these yeah, people like, and, and And also, like, she mentions, like, oh, does bh you know bh you know about this and she's like they don't need to know it's 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 irrelevant yes it's a little relevant (laughs) yeah um but anyways so i I, that's fun i love that like we kind of get to figure out what happened yeah i mean very little but i want to know more yeah and Uh, i really hope she's told spencer i god i hope that she's mentioned this to them (laughs) they're like hey guys remember the cop The the French cop that came and arrested Alex and Mary Drake. That was my boyfriend. That was my boyfriend. And I took them to Paris and I kept them in a very tiny dollhouse. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, another thing we do learned.
0: Yeah. She does, though, keep in contact with Hannah, at at least. Yeah, she has a phone call with Hannah. Because we do learn that Hannah has a baby. Hannah and Caleb have a baby. And also that, I mean, I guess this is kind of spoilers, but not like, you know, update for Spencer and Toby eloped. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully it was actually Spencer, not Alex Drake. Yeah. We, hopefully. Spencer might be in a bunker somewhere. are not sure. Um, so let's talk about The Perfectionists. Yes. Our core, our core three. So instead of yeah. a core four, we have a core three. And I, which I think, okay, here's the thing. So there's four, there is four when the show starts. Mm-hmm. And in the first episode, Nolan Hotchkiss is murdered. Yeah. So I kind of, I would have, yeah, I've kind of, it would have been interesting almost to have the core four through the first episode and have the murder happen in the second episode mm-hmm. so that we maybe aren't expecting it. Like we think, Oh, these are our core four. Mm-hmm. And then one of them gets murdered. That could have yeah, been interesting, but been he gets murdered in the first episode. So it's not a spoiler. That's why yeah. we're, that's why yeah. we're talking about it. So yeah. So Nolan Hotchkiss, let's actually start with Nolan. Yeah. And the, cause I think that will be important for like the core, the three core three yeah um core three just doesn't have slip off like it's core four because it doesn't rhyme um anyway so we have nolan hotchkiss he's kind of like big man on campus he's the the alley yeah and the hotchkisses are like the overlords of this campus and town so we'll get there they also might like uh claire hotchkiss might be the president of the united states it's unclear (laughs) yeah (laughs) he has unlimited unchecked power yes um so he's you know kind of arrogant he's very manipulative controlling of his friends he basically he's blackmailing yeah all of his friends to make them pretend to be friends with him or pretend to be his girlfriend or whatever Uh um he is the son of claire hotchkiss we'll get to claire and but claire hotchkiss is played by the wonderful kelly rutherford rutherford who is lily vanderwoodson on gossip girl yes um, I don't think you need to say gossip. Girl. <laughs> well, you never know. You know, I would assume most um, people listening to this have watched it, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyways, so let's go now. Let's yeah. go to the the actual well, the three. So we should talk about his death. Oh back. yeah, go ahead. Nolan Hotchkiss is then murdered. Uh, during the first episode, he is thrown off a roof and impaled on a fence. And don't worry, you, you see really it. see the body. It's actually, I think, I was thinking about it. One of the most Certain Pretty Little Liars deaths. Yeah. Like, obviously, and Pretty part Little of me Liars also wonders, like, would he, is he dead? <laughs> yeah. Because obviously, like, a lot in Pretty Little Liars, and they play with it as well in um, The Perfectionist, there's a lot of people who are presumed dead who turn out not to be dead. And, but I feel as though Nolan Hotchkiss is the one that is like, oh, he's definitely dead. Like, yes. he, I don't know how you could have faked that. Like, literally, like, we see them put, a tart over his impaled corpse. Yeah. The only way that... A lot of special effects. Yeah. the Well, no, the only way is if he has a twin. Mm, mm-hmm. But... Of course. We'll never know because we'll this show got cancelled after one season. Add to the questions for Marlene. Yes. Uh, yeah, because um, there weren't, I guess, mild spoiler, there weren't really any twins in the first season at least. Right. Who knows what the plans were for the future. Um. So... Yeah, he's he is blackmailing his friends, the core three,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and well, he's he's blackmailing two of the core three. The first, so he has his secret girlfriend mm-hmm. is Ava Jalali. Yep, and fir- she here here's her description. I think this is from mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Ava Jalali is a fashionable trendsetter and designer with a talent for hacking. And, and coding <laughs> sorry it was cut off yeah so she fills the caleb role a yeah. bit in terms of their tech expertise yeah. and she spent the summer growing but, her youtube channel but as yeah but it yeah. also fills the hannah role she's both hannah and caleb yeah she's got the fashion and the the she's, computer skills yeah. um and her dad is on the run for white collar crime he like embezzled he like stole it's, a bunch of money it's kind of like a it's bernie like made situation yeah um, and she's secretly dating Nolan because they're in love, but he, she's the daughter of a felon. And in this universe, if you're the daughter of a felon, you are a felon. Yeah. We really, <laughs> um, she's quite, quite maligned for her yeah. parental connections. And, and we do, we see, and she's being kind of stalked by an FBI agent who will get to Dana Booker. Um, yeah is really obsessed with this case of like what her yeah. dad did and like get finding the money and like finding him basically. Um, and also her dad is played by Protozoa. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, from Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Yes. Of um, course. Uh, they've all seen it. Sorry. I have they, to say, I, no, I know I'm to- joking. <laughs> it's questionable whether they've seen Gossip Girl, but we know they've seen <laughs> Xenon because if you haven't seen Xenon, get to it. Yeah. Uh, um. So that's kind of Ava yeah it, it like in a nutshell she's, yeah, so she's, you know, she's, oh, she's fashionable and yeah. she loves her dad but she's like kind of her yeah. dad's on the run so she's alone. yeah another important thing is that she has she has a bag of money mm-hmm. that is clearly money her dad stole and she that's how she's like paying her tuition and stuff which is of course like a crime i guess to you know yeah. to be like because she knows that it's stolen money um so that's kind of like one of the things that she's kind of being blackmailed for, but also, uh, again, like her whereabouts at the time of the murder of mm-hmm. Nolan Hotchkiss are questionable. Um, yeah. Next. So now next is Caitlin Lewis, the intelligent daughter of two overachieving mothers. And one of her mothers is a Senator, is a U.S. Senator. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, she grew up with Nolan and um, they're dating publicly, but she has a secret boyfriend, and obviously he's dating Ava, and they kind of have like a mutual agreement here. Yeah, but um, well, Nolan is blackmailing her to keep oh, right. her to because he he wants she's kind of his beard, right? So mm-hmm. that like he can date Ava secretly because his mom wouldn't approve mm-hmm. of Ava. So he is blackmailing Caitlin because one of her because her mom, who is the senator, is was having an affair. With and like he's got pictures yeah. of that, and he's blackmailing her with that. Um, and but she's then, secretly dating a British guy, yeah. Um, and she's trying to get it. This is a fun little pretty little wires tie in, yeah. At one point, she does try to get an internship with the Hastings Senator Hastings, yeah. Which I'm assuming that means that Veronica has gone from state senator to real senator, yeah. which is good for her, yeah. Um, and then also her, like, ambition in life is that she wants to be the first Olympic medalist to be president. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that she, like, kept herself in check. She, like, she didn't say gold medalist. Yeah. She just wants to be a medalist. You have to and make your pregnant. dreams achievable. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Super down to earth of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's Caitlin Lewis. Also, from what I know of what it takes to make it to the Olympics as, like, a runner uh first of all she doesn't have the body of, for that like because no. she should be absolutely ripped her yes. her her thighs should be huge uh <laughs> second uh she is not committing enough time to this not at all it's a subplot we see her run like once literally i don't think this girl's making it to the olympics no nope. and you know what i don't think she's making it to the white house either <laughs> no i think probably too many skeletons in her closet (laughs) at this point um yeah so that's that's caitlin yes um and then to round out our perfectionist trio (laughs) we have dylan walker a talented cellist who is extremely critical of himself um he's gay he cheated on his boyfriend with nolan which um, is definitely a case of entrapment. Yes. And that's what Nolan is kind of blackmailing him with and making him write papers for him and Ava. And also pretend to be like his friend. Yeah. Because Nolan, I guess, can't make real friends. And so he needs, he needs to blackmail people to be his friend. Right. Which is probably why he can't make real friends. <laughs> it's a <laughs> vicious cycle. a vicious cycle. Um, one thing I do want to say is I do feel as though him and his boyfriend have no chemistry. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's actually jarring. Dylan is actually played by the guy who, uh, one of the actors who was in the Gossip Girl reboot. Oh, really? Yes, Eli Brown. He played Obie in the HBO Max series Gossip Girl. Poor guy. He's gotta get off reboots. Yeah. They don't usually end well. usually got they even s- two get- seasons of that. I at mean, least. yeah. He got money. Yeah. He got money, but both shows it. That- Gossip new Gossip Girl has been canceled, right? Yeah. Okay. I would assume so. I was shocked it got a second season. (laughs) They told you who Gossip Girl was on the first episode. (laughs) Uh, Um, Okay. So now let's go back to the Hotchkiss family, the the others. So we've talked about Nolan. Nolan has a sister, Taylor Hotchkiss, who um, was a TA and who did live in the house that Allison lived in. And then she committed suicide, I think about a year ago from the time of the show starting. Um and that's kind of the reason that is given for Allie being recruited and being given this house is that the the mother Claire Hotchkiss really like that because Taylor and Allie are, look very similar and apparently have very similar personalities is what hmm. we're told that like she's kind of brought Allie to the university I think as, as like a kind of a way of bringing her daughter back in a yeah. sense. Yeah, we're told that they look alike and that they also think alike. Yeah. And that's why her mom. We we love to have a blonde that looks and thinks like Allie. Yes. And I'm going to say they don't look or think that much alike. No. Um, we don't see enough evidence of that. No. they In pictures, they did look quite similar. Then once we see, oh, she's not dead. Um, this <laughs> yes, is also not a, a spoiler because we also find this out in the first episode. Yes. Uh, we find this out before Nolan is even killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find this out? almost immediately nolan knew that she was alive yeah nolan knew that she was alive um and like so she'd like faked her death because we keep we're told that somebody tried to kill her but we're not given specifics Mm -hmm. about in what way someone tried to kill her and it's basically uh, we should i guess we should mention this now this this campus exists in in orwellian 1984 universe yeah it's and everyone is being constantly watched and apparently like through this thing called beacon guard we'll we'll talk more about it but she was afraid like she was in Mm -hmm. danger so she fakes her own death and then uh has been like you know monitoring using beacon guard to like monitor things uh and nolan knows all about this yeah which is what you know uh potential reason for his murder mm-hmm. and one of so we talked about how there's a lot of comparisons between taylor and allison um they look like they think alike and then taylor also believes that her mom tried to kill her and or it's not no she says does that. she say that explicitly? she says okay. that she thinks her mom tried to kill her yeah because of something with beacon guard and um Allie then convinces, Allie's convinced that her mom didn't do that, which is. Yeah. She's like, I know grieving mothers. Like I saw your mom. Like she, like, I don't think you have anything to be afraid of from her. Really trusting the mom a lot from Allie, which which makes no sense. Yeah. Because as we know, her mother did bury her alive. Yeah. Um, and Allie convinces Taylor, um, eventually to like, kind of come back to. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess slight spoiler, but not really. I mean, um, um and then but i just think it's so interesting how much she yeah really fought for this yeah and maybe there's something to unpack there with like her own yeah history but um i do have a theory about them and where their relationship could have been going yeah i think i had the same theory i don't know if we want to talk about it here yeah i think we should i think they were gonna date yeah i think so (laughs) which right. is like weird because we've set up like this idea that they're like practically the same person. Yeah. But, but also, it also makes so much, so sense. much sense for Allie. Exactly. Um, The only person who Allie could truly love would have to be a self insert. Yeah, for sure. Like, and yeah, cause there's a point like Allie at one point is kind of like flirting with this, like one professor, like he's like a visiting professor Some from Argentina. Argentina. Uh, and there's just like this moment where like, you know, Ali's talking to Taylor and then this professor guy like comes up and like him and Ali go to get a drink and like Taylor kind of watches him. There's just like a, bit there's of a vibe, lot, of but tension. it's not, but it's not like super explicit. No, but I think by the end of season two, they would have had sex. Yeah. They would have hooked up. Yeah. Or like kissed or something. Like there would be some explicit, like, yeah, depending on how many seasons they thought they were. It's they true. Think it's true. Six get. seasons in a movie. <laughs> um, so, okay. So that's Taylor and Allison. Um, then we have Claire Hotchkiss, who's, who we've talked about, played by Kelly Rutherford, Lily Vanderwoodson from Gossip Girl. Yeah. Um, she is Nolan M. Taylor's mother and founder of Hotchkiss Technologies. Now, the question I have about this is Hotchkiss Technologies is not the university, but basically runs the university somehow. Like it is, it, it is the fascist police state that is running this university. Yeah it's really confusing uh, like the, the, the sway, power, yes the power that this woman seems to have not just in on the university but at one point something happens off campus and the the campus security person mm-hmm. who we'll talk about dana booker she's the head of security for the for the university uh so the the perfectionists they're at they're at a hospital and they are like this is our chance to tell the police cuz this thing happened off campus mm-hmm. and they they go to walk up to the police and the head of security Dana Booker comes out and basically excuses the police she's like she's like oh you know thank you guys so much for responding so quickly on the scene but Claire Hotchkiss has given me the authority to take the, over this investigation <laughs> i'm sorry what what authority does Claire Hotchkiss have over this like the idea is that like Claire Hotchkiss has more authority over this than the local police, whose Mrs. jurisdiction it is. Yeah. Mrs. Also, Hotchkiss authorized me to take over this investigation. That's the yeah, quote. Yeah. Which um, I correct. What? Please correct me uh, if I'm wrong. I don't think that campuses have jurisdiction. No. Like no, they do. It's the campus. Yeah, but like, if a murder happens on campus, oh, yeah. uh, the police for that jurisdiction take over. Like yes. the campus police, there's no like jurisdiction, right? Like they don't have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, it, yeah, like this. It's, it's nonsensical, but somehow. And then the cops are like, cool. Yeah, they're like, great. Great. Like, like Claire Hotchkiss is the ultimate authority. Yeah, it's crazy. It, I don't and I don't understand. I don't understand. It. Um, yeah. Like, we're try- I think we're, what they're trying to do, right, is really create the situation where, like, it's almost like they want this university to be in a snow globe, in a bubble, where, like, well, these kids can't get help yeah. from any like there are there is no higher authority mm-hmm. right which is like interesting but also probably could have been done more effectively somehow yeah well let's move on to Dana Dana Booker Yeah, she's the head of security at BHU she's a former FBI agent on Ava Jalali's father's case who took I guess the biggest emotion well because they do at some point hint at something that had happened that got her kicked out of the fbi yeah we don't know what that is but basically i they think so it's her obsession with the jalali case and that she used her which, like fbi privileges to access like information and stuff that she mm-hmm. shouldn't and it sounds like it based on everything we see warranted like yeah her getting kicked out Her behavior is absolutely unhinged. I do not understand her motivations. Like, I don't know why she is so obsessed with the Jalali case or why she is so obsessed Mm -hmm. with pinning this murder on these three kids. Yeah. Just because, like, she feels like they lied about their alibi. Right. The one bit of hint at a motivation we get is that we learn that her sister was bullied in high school and committed suicide. And that's why she's real. that's why she became a cop. Yeah, But it doesn't feel like this case should really It doesn't really feel like these kids hit a chord with her. It's not like Nolan was being bullied. Nolan was the bully. And yeah, and if anything, she should be on these kids' side, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) And the Jalali case is just like white collar crimes. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense. like you would expect that she lost her life savings to, Mm -hmm. or like I could even understand if it was like she felt like a really intense, like righteous indignation Mm -hmm. over him stealing people's you know, pensions and whatever. But like At one point, this is maybe a slight spot, but at one point she gets her hands on some of this money and it seems ambiguous whether or not she intends to turn it over. Yeah. So I don't think that she has like a righteous like vendetta. Yeah. But Claire, Claire hires her as like to be the head of security at BHU and basically gives her carte blanche access to everything access to all of beacon guard she's got access to everybody's dorm rooms like she's, she's able rooms like apartments she's, yeah she's like she has access to all of their like uh education files which is a major FERPA violation yeah she also has um, their access medical to their medical records. records yeah exactly at it's, one point she pulls medical records from one of them uh-huh yeah it's wild the access that we have given this there, security The these students have no rights no rights none. the bill of rights does not exist on this campus <laughs> no. it does not apply no which like i like obviously that is somewhat a thing at universities like you don't have the same right to privacy like even at school in like your locker you know mm-hmm. or whatever uh but they have this woman. They'll come home, and this woman's waiting for them in their yeah. homes. And she's like, "Let herself in." It's crazy, absolutely insane. Um, she also like they'll get a text message, and they'll like go for their phone, and she'll take it first and read it. Like, there's just no. We're not concerned yeah. at all about things holding up in court. Exactly. That was my question. Is I don't think a single thing that she finds or it discovers is admissible in court. But in I fact, I think as I think she might by finding the, her tactics to find this who murdered nolan might result in that person walking free yeah because i'm pretty sure all of her tactics are not admissible and there's nothing and like it yeah it would unless, be dismissed unless of unless what it seems like which is that these students in attending bhu have signed away all of their legal right. rights. Like, They're like right to due process. Like, the school is like power of attorney over all of these <laughs> yes. students. They have no free will. Yeah. Um but I will say I did I do like her. I do like her character. I think her I think she yeah. has a good I think she brings a good menacing relationship with perfectionists. and Allie. Yeah. I think like I wish she needed more justification. Exactly. For it. I think what she's missing is like justification and like I think she should have been an actual cop like state police or something right like or i don't know keep her in the fbi yeah like there's way there's reasons you could bring you know it's just like her being head of security yeah feels like it doesn't really work with what she's doing what if she had what if she were like actual like long-term like long-time friends with Claire Hotchkiss. Oh, that could have worked. That could have worked. Cause then it would explain and, like, cl- why, cause like Claire Hotchkiss do, like, does not care what this woman does in order to get the truth about who killed her son, mm-hmm. like it, to an insane degree. And even for somebody whose son was killed, like, and it like it would also, I think just like make more sense. Like like if she was an FBI agent who's was assigned to this case, but has like a personal, personal relationship with Claire Hotchkiss, mm-hmm i think that that would maybe make more sense yeah um i think that's dana so then we wanted to mention a few just like notable more minor characters so there's jeremy beckett charming and witty brit and caitlin's secret boyfriend he works at hotchkiss technologies um doing something yeah (laughs) but also at the no, he doesn't no, work he for, the, doesn't he he works for the university. He works for Hotchkiss Technology. It's very it's confusing. confusing because the one of the first times well, not one of them, but there is a time where we see him and he's like meeting with Claire about a research project. Yeah, to get funding for a research project. You're know, like, and because we're in the university headspace so much, we're thinking, oh, research at a university, but no, yes. he just works at Hotchkiss Technologies okay. again. But the connection between Hotchkiss Technologies and Bhu is very strong. It's but a blurry line <laughs> Um, and we do have a we do have a headcanon, he's British, and their headcanon, and I think this would have been really interesting. Yeah. And given Allie more motivation in like kind of her relationship with these like college kids. If he was related to Archer Dunhill. Yeah. I think it would have made it would have made Allie's behavior, I think, make yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah. Because so like Allie, we should say Allie. When Allie sees the three perfectionists being interrogated mm-hmm. by Dana Booker, she jumps in, like Dana asks them, like where were you guys at the time of the murder? And Allie walks up and it was like, Oh, thanks you guys so much for like, you know, coming over last night. Right. And like so basically like her she's saying that like they were all at her place and Beacon Guard in her area had gone down. Yeah. And so they had no proof of where they were. So as long like so the idea was like, oh, if, as long as they're saying they were at your house, there's no proof that they weren't. Mm-hmm. And so, but like, we needed more motivation, I think. for It's like the, the motivation we're supposed to get is that like Allie sees kind of this like cop bullying these kids and kind of goes, gets triggered into like defense mode. I, I think we should have, I think there should have been a more personal relationship mm-hmm. to one of the perfectionists maybe. We also had the thought of like, if one of them was, like, Shauna's little sister or something. Like, if she had some guilt where she felt like cousin, where she felt like she needed to protect them. Yeah. Or if there was just, like, I mean, Allie also, like, needed an alibi, but, like, maybe if that was more a stronger motivation, like, for her to, like, if she was trying to, you know, cover her own bases as well. But also, like, why did Allie need an alibi? Because she- intensely because she got a text message from nolan oh you're right you're so right. nolan the nolan the, right after the the morning after nolan has been found murdered Allie gets a text message from nolan asking to meet on the roof that he ends up being mm-hmm. thrown from but Allie didn't get it when he sent it because because nolan nolan had told his sister, like, oh, there's somebody that we can trust, I think, and we're gonna bring them into this, Mm -hmm. which is Allie. Mm -hmm. But Allie doesn't get the message, someone else ends up meeting him on the roof and kills him. So Allie obviously, like, that's a pretty easy thing for them to find is that yeah. she got this text no, message right. so she's like oh i need an alibi yeah because it basically she got a text from the murder victim being hey meet me at the spot i'm about to be murdered at <laughs> yeah yeah and she her only defense is no i swear i didn't see it until the next morning because <laughs> it like didn't come through even yeah until the next morning. yeah you're right i forgot about that yeah so anyways we went on a tangent there we did um jeremy beckett he's british draw your own conclusions about what being British means. Um, another minor character is Mason, Mason Gregory. Yes. And he's uh, one of Nolan's childhood friends. He used to date Caitlin. Nolan, I think it's implied that Nolan kind of like stole Caitlin from him. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's like a, he's, there's a, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. I think so. kind of, he feels kind of a nolan type of role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like yeah, like yeah, We don't want to say too much about Mason Gregory just yeah. because the stuff that anything you find out about him is stuff that happens kind of later. He's a pretty minor character in the first episode, and he gets a bit more of a role later on. But we don't want to spoil that. I'm sure he would have been more interesting in season two. Yeah. Um, and then Ray Hagadorn, what a name! Ray hagedorn <laughs> He's the janitor. Yeah. So Ray Hagadorn is this like brilliant janitor who's like living in one of the like sort of abandoned like old campus buildings and he's kind of turned it seems like almost he's got like a laboratory Mm -hmm. going this is a little spoiler yeah and i guess he's been like working at the school since he was like 15 yeah and we get introduced to him maybe not the first episode pretty early on like the second or third we should say there's a list there's a list of names that is being generated by mona's algorithm somebody's used her algorithm to identify a certain type of person at the university but it's unclear what what it's looking for mm-hmm. it's like a jeopardy situation yeah. and so i like, got the answer but we don't know what the question exactly. is exactly and it, the first names that it spits out as it's trying to complete this list and it takes the entire season yes. by the way for it to complete this list but the first two names we get are Allison de Laurentiis and ray hagedorn a person we've never heard of and never met moda tracks it down mm-hmm. tra- tracks him down and it's this like yeah this janitor who's been here for a really long since time. Since he was a child. Yeah. He's been working at the school since he was 15 years old. Yeah but seems to be like very intelligent mm-hmm. and yeah. Anyways and it's interesting though like I think thing about him is I feel like we meet him mm-hmm. and he feels important. And, and maybe then, he was going to be. In and maybe he two. was going to be but then he does kind of Fall off, yeah. Towards the end of the season, we don't really see him. We kind of move on from the Ray Hagadorn of it all. Yeah, um, is that a spoiler? Does that whatever? Um, I feel like that we're spoiling some things a yeah. little bit, but not not enough that it should like ruin your enjoyment of the show, I right? Think. So, okay, so that's kind of the characters. That's like the main characters. There's yeah. like a few other random people, but like those are the main ones um so do we want to talk about beacon guard or do we want to just talk about bhu i mean we should so like beacon guard is like the security system basically but it tracks everything And even like there's like a there's a program that they have that like monitors their gate like how they walk that that's yeah and that's something that like only like taylor hotchkiss like modified Uh it to be able to do this so yeah but like yeah so it's like gate recognition so like it's crazy like yeah. Like even if like their face is covered or like they can identify people and uh it's a crazy technology like mona's working on it like mona like yeah like mona mona says at one point that she she kind of got involved with beacon guard because she's like when you spend enough time watching people you know when you're being watched Mm -hmm. and so but when she figured it out they kind of brought her in um she also she talks talking about like her algorithm actually we should say she re, when talking about nolan at the beginning before he's murdered oh 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 oh! she says to allison by my calculations he could be dangerous yes what, what? are these calculations like what is mona's like personality calculation that like determines that, like these people have cracked human psychology yeah it's crazy like I, because they it's if you've seen Mission Impossible three, uh, I think that they are inventing the entity on this campus, Morgan. That's like Mission Impossible six. I don't know Mission Impossible or 6. five or something. I don't know like, which Mission Impossible. That's the only not, one I've ever seen. I don't know why I thought it was not three. Three Mission Impossible six. Whatever the newest one is at the time that this is released, that one. Seven seven they've made seven of those it's mission impossible wow. seven guys we confirmed We yeah so that. if you've seen mission impossible seven it's basically they're building the entity on this campus like it's able to like predict behavior and like mm-hmm. mona basically says that like when she says like her calculation based on or according to her calculations nolan may be dangerous what she means is that he has the capability of pushing another student to the point where they snap Yeah like how, how did we how did we calculate that I, uh it's one of the it's one of the it's a very early line in the show and it kills mm-hmm. me every time yeah but yeah a lot of it a lot of like the software and stuff is meant to predict like success yeah for students at bhu and predict if yeah they have, but beacon if guard problems but beacon guard is also the security it's, it's the security yeah. it's all one though. yeah it's, it's all, all co- combined yeah like it's it's it takes confusing. the inputs of like their intense surveillance of everybody and creates this. Yeah, there's also a lot of talk about putting people on active surveillance. Mm -hmm. And I'm unclear what the difference is with active surveillance versus passive surveillance, I guess. So they're all being passively surveilled, but some, like this whole thing is like somebody's modified beacon guard to monitor a specific group of students. Mm -hmm. I guess the the people on the list, it's a little bit confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Beacon Guard. Yeah. Let's talk BHU. Yeah. So BHU, there's a couple things that I thought was interesting. They mentioned once that there's no sororities or fraternities. And I wanted to ask a question because I was like, that could have been interesting. Like to add some sort of Greek life element to the story might have been interesting. Yeah. Or like, so yeah. And I'm curious, it's interesting that they don't have them and why they felt the need to mention that. Yeah maybe it's because of that thing at the end yeah maybe but i, th- I think because also maybe it's just it's such a short season yeah is the thing too this is like as like pretty little liars was at the tail like as it ended was kind of the tail end of these like 20 episode long mm-hmm. seasons and so the perfectionist only got 10 episodes and i they just didn't probably have time to yeah. include that element there was too much other just stuff going to call it out it is interesting that they call that um, out specifically. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is, it seems as if, and this kind of is connected to Beacon Guard, it's almost as if they're not allowed to use the internet unless it's like they have like Bhu-specific like social media. It seems and like the chess, yeah, like the chess game, the online chess game that Mona is playing with her love interest. She mentioned something about it being some sort of Bhu chess game yeah and i just think that's really interesting like yeah everything seems to be part of this like bhu approved like absolute Internet. control yeah, yeah. It's, it's and we should also say bhu the impression that we get is like bhu is like a top university yeah um like they it's and it's you know a big thing about like the pressure mm-hmm. on bhu students like it is it is like a top top level university Um, I want to talk about just like, this is just a little side thing. At one, I am fascinated. I would love to do like a thesis on like school assignments as they're represented in TV and movies, Mm -hmm. because the assignments that students get in TV and movies are ridiculous. And at one point, Ava is in like an art history class, I think, and her... And, and she, they're like paired off for their final, and their final is that they are given a puzzle piece of a painting. So like it's a, it's like you know, if the whole painting was a puzzle, they're given one of the pieces, and they have to figure out what puzzle or or what puzzle, what painting this puzzle piece comes from. Sorry, what? <laughs> These kids are at like Harvard. Yeah, this is like <laughs> an Ivy League adjacent school, and I don't understand. I don't understand the academic rigor merit of this yeah. assignment right well and also like we should talk like obviously the show's called the perfectionists and perfection is a big element right like there's a lot of pressure you know bhu is called like a pressure cooker yeah. and um the whole the whole the idea whole with taylor hodgis is that is she killed that, herself because yeah. she couldn't handle the pressure and the whole thing is that these kids are just under a lot of pressure to be perfect and there's yeah. like you know, Ava kind of has like this whole thing about perfectionism and yeah. obviously Caitlin is like very much overachieving senator's daughter, yeah, perfectionist and like has to kind of fight against kind of or like not even like unpack kind of some of that yeah they're all desire they're all for perfection. Of... They're all very high strung and like everybody at the school seems to be that way. Yeah. Seven percent acceptance rate. We do know yeah. that. Which What's like compare like what is a university that's comparable to that? Like, I mean, Harvard, Harvard has, has a six. four. Oh, Google told me six. Google told me four in twenty twenty one. Yale has five point three. Stanford is three point nine. Yeah, so it's yeah. like actually not as low as low of an acceptance rate as like a lot of the Ivies. Yeah. but the way they talk about it is like because they talk about like you know. Oh wow! And the in twenty twenty three. Um, I'm guessing for the 2023 to 24 school year, their acceptance rate was 3.41, Harvard. Yeah. So yeah, seven is not that, I mean, listen, we didn't go to a school that had seven no. acceptance rate, but, <laughs> but like the way they talk about it, though, it's like, it's almost like it's not even, they never even talk about it being renowned for its academics. They talk about it being renowned for its pressure. mm mm-hmm. Like that is its claim to fame is that it is such a high pressure environment, yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty much the the. And I think like we've the given the summary of the show. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sorry guys, we could have done better. Um, but like I think we've kind of given you like the main characters, kind of the main plot points, the kind of the world that yeah. were that they were building. And now we kind of want to go into, like, what we think was working, what we yeah. think wasn't quite working. Yeah. And also, um, the pilot is not very good. It's not good. I never, because I, before we watched this recently, recently I had never seen it because I'd never been able to get past the first episode. I think I would tried two or three times, mm-hmm. maybe. And I just never really, like, I think maybe I got to the end of the first episode, but, like, I never went on to the second. Right. And you got, so, like, you got to get through the first episode. First couple. First I mean, couple. I think I really found myself getting into it by like episode three or four. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah. So definitely like if you're going to watch it, just recognize the pilot's not good. It really, it, it got us talking about how good of a pilot Pretty Little Liars is. Um, Impeccable. <laughs> they, like they, they introduced you to so much. So much into that um, episode. But anyway, so some of the things that are working. I do kind of think the mystery of it all is working. Yeah. Like, I think that what we're trying to figure out what's happening, I think, is layered and complex enough that it is interesting. It keeps you coming back. There's, like, twists and turns. And there are some similarities from the, uh, with, like, Pretty Little Liars, like, with some of the beats. But I think it still works so, like, they're, they've are they changed enough. It's unique enough that it's not just, like, a blatant repeat of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, the mystery works and is, like, engaging. And I think, like, it gets more interesting kind of as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, but it, it definitely works, I think. Yeah. Like, the murder is interesting and, like, the various motives and everything work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, is not overly similar to the original. Right. Um, I also will say I think the music really worked. So they have, like, a lot of orchestral um, covers of pop music. Like, pre-bridgerton yeah bridgerton stole that from them (laughs) um and i feel like there was and i think they had that that's throughout like these orchestral pop music yeah pop songs are throughout Mm -hmm. um but i do feel like in the beginning some of the other music wasn't hitting as hard but then by the end i feel like i was getting a lot of good music drops and i think the thing i was truly missing is there's no the music when we discover nolan's impaled body doesn't i think it's so underwhelming when it's not, we know, it's not suggestions it's not suggestioning yeah. um but but yeah. it does work yeah and i think that like and and even with some of the orchestral stuff earlier on i think that there it could have been utilized better or mm-hmm. like but I, I do think that they found their sound and i think it's a really interesting sound doing mm-hmm. this sort of like again because we have like the cellist as one of the characters mm-hmm. and i think like the general kind of like you know perfectionist element of it i think it works having this sort of like orchestral music that is like kind of creepy. And like, Mm -hmm. I, well, it it also just like the tension of like orchestral it. Yeah. It creates a sense of of tension and and anxiety that I think is really fits with, again, the pressure that they're all under at this. They are in a pressure cooker. (laughs) Yeah. I love, yeah. I love the poker face orchestration.
1: Yeah. It's it's used both in
0: the pilot and it's used again in the final, it's used twice in the pilot. I think, to kind of bookend the pilot, if I remember. And then it's also bookends the season because it also ends yeah. with that. There's definitely some things that, like, come about towards the end that also work that, like... So there. So I think we can say, like, there's... There's we, no A. Yeah. They don't call the person, like, A, which I think makes sense. They like, do like, actually make a little joke about joke it about, after, yeah. like, Allie and Mona have talked about A to yeah. them. So they do, like for a moment kind of call yeah. Dana Booker A. Yeah, she's... which I like the way they talk about it. They're like, oh, Dana is such an A. Yeah, like, exactly. I, it's, it's, it's kind good. of funny the way that they, they talk about it, but they introduce right at the end, uh, they start, cause they, they don't really get text messages or anything. The, the threats are more physical. And there are a few, there's a few, yeah. like they get a rat, they get given a rat at one yeah. point. Um, there's like a message written in cupcakes. There's a message on a scoreboard. Like, so there's like, but they don't get like text messages, but at the end it's introduced as there's this, uh, they get like start getting like phone calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's all we'll say until the spoiler section. Um, and then I will say, I and that, think, but yeah, but the phone calls, I think really work. Like the, they mm-hmm. keep getting these like group phone calls where all their phones start ringing and it gives very much the feeling of the text tone of all mm-hmm. of the girls getting this. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I really think is working is like, you kind of get glimmers of the old alley. Like yeah. she kind of can't help but get involved in this. Yeah. And she kind of takes them all to, I'm going to call it like the Allison De Laurentiis School of Secrets. Yeah because she really takes on this like mentor capacity and you know there's one where there's one time where they're like trying to snoop at like nolan's cabin for something and she follows them there and she tells them oh i'm looking for secrets and she gives them advice she's like oh you guys shouldn't park your car out front like if you don't know what you're walking in on you don't want to announce yourself and or announce your presence um she kind of encourages them to share secrets with each other because like secrets keep keep you close. close. Um, and then she even like, there's a few moments where it just kind of feels like she's holding office hours for these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For these perfectionists as they're like trying to figure out like, okay, like, do I tell my boyfriend that this thing has happened or like, you know, how do I manage this thing? Or should I talk about, I, you know, we're having this conflict. And I think it's like really like, it's kind of fun. It, I think, again, I think we've talked about how- She how- lectures them every time they go off and try and do something on their own that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, And I mean, I think we talked a little bit, like, I think there's some motivation lacking there for her. Like, it doesn't quite- I wish that her motivations were stronger yeah. for why she is taking these kids to school. Yeah. But, like, it is fun to see her kind of lead this group again because I think- obviously by the end of pretty little liars the original series like she wasn't the leader of the group yeah. and i think like there's something about seeing her kind of embody that leader role again it's yeah. much less menacing than 14 year old ally because yeah. she's a better person now i guess yeah but it's nice to see her leading again and mm-hmm. being the main character And I think because the writers were also free to make her the main character, again, I think that was part of the struggle with her when she came back is they were just like, we don't know what to do with her as a character. Yeah, Um, so now what isn't working? Oh, did you have anything else? Okay, so what isn't working? I, okay. So the friendship between the perfectionists, I think by the end is working. Like Mm -hmm. I believe they're friends. I can't say the same for Original Sin. (laughs) So that's working in the sense that they do. I I buy the way that they would like kind of do anything for each other by the end. Yeah, but they the problem is is that they don't start out as real friends, and that is something that I think the original sin also has a problem with. Like they need to be actual friends from the beginning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is even if they're like estranged, a, a like in Pretty Little Liars, because what that allowed them one, you have this immediate like you buy their connection and they're like the stuff they're willing to do for each Mm -hmm. other but also i think it's part of why the pretty little liars pilot worked so well is that it created a sort of when they're already friends it creates a shorthand for the writers to give the audience information right like Mm -hmm. without it being so expositional and like it's a lot faster because these girls already know stuff about each other you're coming in Mm mid-conversation and i think that that helps with the pace a lot too and that's why the pilot was so good of Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. Part of it. There's a lot of, I mean, yeah. Um, one thing that I do want to mention though about their friendship is that one scene where they're like, I think they're packing care packages. They're for for Afghanistan. For Afghanistan. And they have like this almost like little, like, play fight with packing peanuts it's the most mild fun you've ever seen <laughs> it's not fun at all but it's, then and because they you might be imagining they, them like throw they like throw one packing peanut at yeah, one of them like yeah. it's not like a full like but they peanut like fight. they like giggle and like are having so much fun um but not so much but some fun <laughs> we're supposed to believe they're having fun yes but because they are they weren't friends before they were yeah. fake friends kind of being forced to be friends by nolan this is their one moment of like levity yeah. and because of that we cut back to that multiple times it's included in course. at least two like, montages yeah like the as like kind of like in a montage of somebody like realizing like oh i really do care about these people yeah or like, and like or like my the kids. character thinks that they're gonna have to leave bhu or something mm-hmm. they like Reminisce about their time at BHU, and it's like that one time they all hung out together and had fun. The one time. <laughs> and I feel like there's, yeah, I think, and again, it sucks because they were, they had 10 episodes and they had so much to fit in. It would have been, I think, helpful. And that's, again, like because they were friends in Pretty Little Liars before, and we have that tool of the flashbacks. Yeah. It, this did need more flashbacks it needed flashbacks or it needed you know again like they just if they had been if they had more of a history with one another yeah. like it would have been interesting to see more of their dynamics when nolan was forcing them all to be friends well, and it would have made me care more about nolan to mm-hmm. have seen more of nolan yeah which is another problem too is like we didn't i didn't care about nolan um he died too quickly he died so quickly and you don't get the flashbacks that you get in pretty little liars yeah um okay so the other thing i'm wondering is like do we need a core four? Yeah, because I, I yeah, because I feel like three is not enough. You need to be able to pair off. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is not enough. Five is too many. Original sin, Roberto. Five, five is too many. Five plus all their moms is too many. <laughs> we'll we'll get to you we'll, originals will get to you you were also wrong uh, <laughs> but like four is like that perfect four number is perfect and yeah. i feel like and I, I get it because we also have Ali and mona and again we have 10 episodes they had not a lot of real estate to get a lot yeah going um and i think but i think like three was not the right move like yeah. i would have loved a fourth yeah um, i agree I think that there is potentially a character who in season two could have stepped into that fourth position yeah um but yeah i think i think three was just a little flat yeah it just it needed a fourth person and but i also think like again a fourth person who maybe has a connection to Mm -hmm. Allison to the original pretty little liars that creates a reason for a connection Mm-hmm. Kind of like what they, with the first, with that spinoff, they tried to set up in the end of Pretty Little Liars that then they never did with Addison. Oh yeah. Where one of them was Maya's niece or something. Something like Yeah. That, yeah. I was like that kind of like that, like that, that kind of thing, I think would have worked well here, mm-hmm. especially cause we're also so far removed. Like we're not in Pennsylvania. We're not like, I don't know, give Allie some buy-in on mm-hmm. these people. Totally. Um, we mm-hmm. kind of talked about this, but it really, the, the role that Dana Booker plays as kind of the like head of security head of security and the power that she seems to have the she does there's nobody else that's like investigating this murder. it seems like that yeah. doesn't really work like I feel like it would have made more sense. I liked your idea about them her being friends with Claire maybe, and I think she needed to have real jurisdiction yeah like she needed to have real power and like i think because she was this head of security and she could break all of these rules yeah it like almost like rules for the police in pretty little liars the rules were these like guardrails rules um that i think kept it interesting right
1: yeah because like they
0: had there was some sort of like well we have to actually like be able to prove that this thing happened yeah or that this person did that, you know, or it, yeah. Well, I mean, and it, it creates because... boundaries and boundaries create tension. Exactly. And I feel like because Dana had no boundaries. Yeah. It was kind of like, well, okay. Dana can do and say anything she wants. Like she's basically decided that these kids killed yeah, Nolan, but there's not really proof of that, but she's just decided it and is investigating only that. And like, yeah. there's really nothing that they can do to prove that they didn't.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I feel like she needed to actually be police. Yeah. There needed to be some sort of playbook. Yeah. And we, okay, the other one, we talked about this already, but we do re- really feel that Allison needed more buy-in. Yeah. To the group. Like there needed to be more of a reason she was involved here. Yeah. I always think like, I always think like if she had actually met Nolan on mm-hmm. the roof or something, or like, and like we i don't know we need like the text message does sort of serve that purpose that she got this text from nolan but like i don't know i just think she she jumps in like full force so quickly that i think if we're gonna do that we need more buy-in yeah although i was thinking about kind of obviously she gets that text message but i was thinking about the quote we talked about in the allison episode i'm under every stone mm-hmm. that gets turned over yeah and i think that like that does kind i do kind of like that this is more of just like a trauma response right yeah. like somebody's been murdered and like yes yeah, she has that text message but somebody's been murdered and Allison is like yeah they're gonna accuse me of this yeah <laughs> well and and again like i think that that motivation right that this is just sort of her own kind of personal flaws mm-hmm. and trauma and all that could could work if we had a longer season yeah. where we explored that more mm-hmm. but because we only have 10 episodes we needed i think a stronger tangible reason and this is and part of the problem with the short seasons yes. in general and i think especially like she needed more of a reason to in, basically put herself in danger yeah by being the, ally, the alibi for the perfectionist yeah like because she just does that so willingly. Yeah. And it's crazy because again, she's like 25 at this point. Yeah. Like she she should, you know, not be so quick to potentially be implicated in a murder. Yeah. She doesn't know that these kids didn't murder him. Yeah, that's the thing, is like she has that's it. She has no reason to be so confident of their innocence. She's had one conversation with and each of them. And read one of their essays. Yeah. <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um. The other thing is like parents, like you hear so much people talk about like, oh, Pretty Little Liars should have t- taken place in college. Like that would have made more sense. And then the like- we vehemently disagree with that. So strongly. It needed to take place in high school. And this, And and like, I almost feel as if this because should have again, taken place at a really prestigious boarding school. Yeah, I think that that would have been interesting. It would have, and it would have made more, I think the the sort of closed the bubble nature of it would have made more sense because these are children. Children don't have mm-hmm. all of the same rights that adults have. They don't have the autonomy to like leave. They mm-hmm. don't have the, and so like you can trap, and. Parents and being a minor and all of those things again create boundaries that create tension. Yeah, and when you place things like this in college, you then have to come up with n- different ways of creating that tension, which certainly can be done well, but is much more difficult and is often not done well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, there was like a. I feel like we didn't strike the balance of parents well in this, right? Yeah, there was like we we meet Caitlin's senator mom. Yeah, and obviously we have lily vanderwoodson aka claire hotchkiss yeah um those are really the only parents that we have well we do we oh do wait get, i forgot ava's dad ava's dad yeah. does make an appearance um but yeah later, like in like I the know, final I just, episode i just feel like when the parents are there it just feels other than i think i think claire's role is perfect yeah and i think Lil, and i think Kelly Rutherford plays it perfectly. Yeah. Um, no notes except for I would like to understand her role and power more. No notes for how she's portraying. No notes for character. how she's portraying it. It's Do have some questions about the that. character though. Um, but anyways, um, but I feel like with uh, when Caitlin's mom comes in and with Ava's dad, it just like it doesn't really feel like there are stakes there, right? Because these are adults. These are these. They're chill. They're kids, right? But they're also adults. They're yeah. like sophomores, I think. Yeah. Um, and so it's like. They just kind of are there. Yeah. It's just like they don't, yeah, they don't serve a huge purpose. And, mm-hmm. but it almost feels like we almost should have foregone parents altogether yeah. if we're going to do I it mean, this. I mean, I think way. Ava's dad makes a little bit more sense because, like, there's this whole thing with the money and, yeah. like, whatnot. I think Caitlin's mom, even though, like, there's the thing with the affair, it's just not, it's not like much is resolved there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just feels like we could have done without. Yeah. So one of the things that I think this show was missing was the sense of being watched through the cinematography. Because mm-hmm. obviously they're being watched watched all the time, but Pretty Little Liars had this really great way of using the camera to be like looking through windows and bushes or like you you got the sense almost in some ways that you were surveilling them as like the person looking from the camera's perspective and stuff. And I think that it needed more of that to drive home this feeling of them being surveilled and blackmailed and like raise the stakes. Mm-hmm. Cause they get a lot of messages. At first I felt like it was like, maybe they just weren't getting enough messages, but cause they weren't getting texts, but watching it back, I was like, no, they definitely do. I think it's just the, the, the directing of it needed to feel that way more. Um, the other thing, and this is a big thing, yeah. I part of the problem with this is that it was too close to Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. So this came out in 2018. Pretty Little Liars wrapped in 2017. Like this is too soon, and I think like if they had given it another year, maybe two, I two. I think two years would this could have been a hit, especially if you yeah. had gotten straight to streaming. Yeah, or maybe not two years. No, because I think because this came out in 2019. I think if this had come out 2020, especially if it came out during like the pandemic and like earlier like lockdown, mm-hmm. I think that this I think we I think we might have gotten five seasons of this. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I, it would have been I think way more successful mm-hmm. if it had dropped on a streamer cuz like it, it that, was on Freeform. It was like yeah. But like I think one more year, mm-hmm. maybe two more years and like there's no way that this gets dropped on Freeform. This absolutely goes to a streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it would have had more of a budget. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been more successful. I think being, creating more distance between the end of Pretty Little Liars and the start of this, you get fewer like comparisons of people wanting it to be exactly the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think you could have uh, brought in a little bit more of like people from Pretty Little Liars to like kind of cameo and play a little bit more of a role. Yeah. Cause they would have been more willing to. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also, like, on the topic of timing was a weird time in the industry, right? Because it's, again, it was a week-to-week release on Freeform. And it kind of at this time when we're shifting from basically everything is streaming now. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, it just, it fell into that kind of gulf between... The success of Pretty Little Liars—it was like twenty-two episode seasons for seven years. The current situation that we're in, where we're getting everything going to streamers, or six episodes a season, or whatever that come out once a year, yeah, at best. At (laughs) best, we're talking to you, Duffer Brothers. (laughs) But like, and the other thing though is like, if if we had waited a little bit, Mm -hmm. and and therefore had been able to maybe have it have more appearances from people from the original show we could have part of the reason I think it got based so far away is because we needed a reason for like why you never see Emily or the kids. you never mm-hmm. see any of the liars like if ali's just if Ally's nearby, it doesn't make sense that none of them are ever visiting. Mm-hmm. but if we had you know waited a little longer, I think we could have placed this. Closer to Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. maybe like I think, like Vermont mm-hmm. or like, and done and like I think that that vibe—they're not enough fall vibes. In there are Oregon. fall vibes, but they're different fall. Vibes. They're different fall vibes, and they just don't hit as well. And we needed that, like I—I I think we needed some more old academia, like architecture and vibes, mm-hmm. to sell this like pressure cooker environment and all of that. Yeah, it was a lot of modern architecture. Yeah. Um.
1: And it, I would have yeah, loved it. Yeah, it felt more.
0: very like large modern liberal arts college, mm-hmm. which just didn't didn't s- go with the vibe of the pressure cooker that I feel like they were mm-hmm. trying to create. And also, I just it would have. I think we needed a stronger aesthetic. Yeah, it wasn't a strong aesthetic. And I think though that checks out though because like at that time, I feel like the aesthetic was changing. Yeah, so much like fashion wise. Right? Like, we were kind of, that was the beginning of, like, the shift from the 90s to the, like, Y2K fashion, I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of just, like, fell flat because of that. Right? Like, it was, and not just in the fashion. I mean, I think there's, like, other aesthetic elements to it. But, like, also the fashion, like, was kind of, Yeah. I will say, though, to go back to things that were working, the funeral, Nolan's funeral, was funeraling. Yeah. The looks were funeraling. Yes, we did. We did manage that. We needed. I think we needed a second murder in the first. We season. definitely needed another murder and another funeral. Yeah, I or think like flashback episode... to Caitlin's funeral. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say episode eight, Taylor's funeral. Yeah, Taylor. to Taylor's. <laughs> Caitlin. Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin does. doesn't die. <laughs> I don't want us. To, I don't want you guys to think that we've accidentally spoiled that somehow. No, Caitlin doesn't die. No, but like I think we needed. I think we needed a fresh murder in episode eight. Always. Gotta, you gotta get a fresh murder in there murder in the beginning murder in the end yeah and and i think that that would have also like upped the stakes really nicely Definitely. as you kind of like crescendo toward the end of the season uh also everything happened in the student cafeteria commons yeah this is like our one set yeah i think we should have made it a library no because i think you need to have it like be like yeah, I think we needed a library. We did. I think we needed, we needed a, a second set that was a library. Yeah, but I think we needed again, the Commons because, because we needed the Commons because we needed a fashion show. We got a fashion show though. Yeah, um, we needed a fashion show. We needed to pack boxes for Afghanistan. You know, like we needed yeah. somewhere that could have like those more casual things. Yeah. But we also needed a library. Yeah, yeah, we needed we needed to have a second location where they could have conversations. Yeah, the other thing is like this as a spinoff goes so hard on technology, mm-hmm. which is like something that pretty little liars has like, that is like a, an element of pretty little liars, which lends to like this idea. I think each spinoff has its own piece, this little nugget yeah. from pretty little liars that it takes and like expands and like blows kind of blows up. Mm-hmm. So like for this, it was like the technology uh, for, Ravenswood Ravenswood. it's the supernatural uh for Original Sin I think it's kind of the like horror horror film reference aspect of Pretty Little Liars but then they don't do it as well Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I can't say anything about Original Sin without saying something negative (laughs) I (laughs) guess. spoiler alert spoiler alert (laughs) spoiler alert you are now entering the spoiler section (laughs) do not listen past this point if you haven't watched it and you have any inkling that you might, because we do encourage that you do. Uh, but we'll also, even, even though this is a spoiler section, uh, I imagine people probably, if you watched it a while ago, you probably don't remember much, so we'll try and give as much context for yeah. what we're talking about, since we, it's fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with Mason Gregory. Yes. Uh, who, we, we hinted at it earlier, Mason Gregory, I think would might be, I think second season, he becomes a sort of like fourth addition to the mm-hmm. group. Um, also, Mason is Mona. Yeah, they are twin flames. Yeah, because so Nolan I wish does. that there wasn't some questionable ethics there. Yeah, and morality there, but uh, hey, with their relationship, at least Mason's an adult. But uh true (laughs) but but like nolan dies and mason takes over as or tries to take over nolan's role he literally sits in nolan's seat yeah as the it girl Mm -hmm. right where like Mm -hmm. mona did that when she convinced Allie to fake her Mm -hmm. death uh and it's just very mona and there's also just so much of like his conversations with the perfectionist Particularly Caitlyn because they have like the closer relationship, but yeah, the way that he speaks and kind of the way he almost like hints at things and yeah. is it's it's obviously the like way meant in which to he be a red herring, but yeah. he also just has like a menacing yeah like vibe and the of way course, in which he menaces is very Mona yeah and of course like they you know kind of found their like intellectual equals yeah by playing online chess if allison and taylor are also going to start dating the show is basically like allison and mona need to date themselves (laughs) that's the that's that's the message from the show (laughs) um yeah so that's that's our thoughts on mason yeah so before i don't want to go to the next bullet i i want to talk about i think there's like a lot of fun three little liars mo like esque moments um, I think the scheme with Mason to get Mason in the yeah. cabin is really fun. And it has another quote that I absolutely love. The right dose of barbiturates can act like a truth serum. <laughs> um, and I just think that's hilarious. And then I love when it kind of like, he's like, oh, the crew, we're not drinking before the, the crew match. Yeah. He, he rose, <laughs> he, he rose, rose crew, crew and they're not, um, drinking before that as like a team. To like keep themselves in good shape or whatever, um, and so then her like way of kind of solving this situation is hitting him over the head with like a a yeah, crowbar or really something. Hannah. And then like it's funny. This is also funny enough. He then like really forgives her for that. Oh, he apologizes. He apologizes. To her. Her. He feels he's so like, guilty. He's that like, he skips I pressured the you. Crew match. I pressured you, and it's like to be fair he he was blackmailing her (laughs) oh i mean that but i was taking i was thinking it was more of like a sexual pressure yeah which was not clear yeah but um or really not there but like he really is like i totally understand why you knocked me unconscious yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but i thought like the whole i thought the whole cabin thing was and like the way it kind of like fell apart and got like messy i loved that like it felt very pretty little liars um i also enjoyed the sewer yeah
1: um
0: because again, it's just like insane. Yeah. Like first of all, it's like not even really a sewer. It's like an underground tunnel. Yeah. Um. And like Ava gets pulled into that sewer, like it's, it or something. Yeah. Like it is in this sewer and is pulling her down, like down a ladder. Like I don't yeah. understand but how it's that actually. Pigman. But it's actually a pigman, which I didn't care for. But <laughs> and don't who is pigman? Who man? is pigman? That's our question for sure. Um. I thought there were some fun, like, clue trails um, yeah. that are, like, so stupid, but, like, fun. Yeah. And I love, those are, I think, are always fun in, like, Pretty Little Liars. And so there was, like, the gum wrapper that kind of led them to Mason. Yeah. And then I really thought that, like, Taylor's missing was oh God's book. Mona and the gum wrappers. Mason is Mona. Oh, my God, you're right! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you're so right. Wow they really were like mason is mona yeah um anyways and then like taylor's missing wizard of oz book i was like that's fun like i think that that's like a fun clue trail that alice and then got to follow and um yeah and then the last one on my list is the rat yeah i thought like obviously i love a good like message delivered in a you know dramatic way um so i thought the rat was fun and then i loved that it ended up being like this misdirect like you're watching it and you're thinking like, oh, like this is obviously, this is referring to Caitlyn because she's, you know, Claire is trying to get her to like rat out the others. Right. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out like it is referring to Caitlyn, but it's because Caitlin spills the beans about like Ava's dad's crimes or something. Yeah. Like it's not a who Red Herring. It's a what Red Herring. Yeah. And I think that that's yeah. fun. I thought I was like, that's like a fun little like type of twist yeah. that I, I, you know, feels very PLL yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, Brits are evil. Yes. Brits are always evil. Although I will say, did Jeremy actually, so- No. Jeremy did not actually kill Nolan. No, but he was doing, he was part of the experiment already doing surveillance right. for the professor. Mm-hmm. So you, if you guys don't remember, the show ends with like the reveal of this like, and this like mysterious professor character who's, who's doing an experiment. Who's doing an experiment and like their- First phase was surveillance. Yeah, and now they're going into stage two and he's like blackmailing them with the video of them shooting Jeremy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so I think, okay, let I wanna talk about my theory uh, for what I think is happening,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where I think the show would have gone. And I don't know that it actually would have gone here, but I this is what I like to imagine, okay? I, I don't know, I, I won't say exactly who I think the professor is, although maybe Claire Hotchkiss, I don't know. Yeah, don't, why but, won't you say? no no it's not I, I just oh, don't you, know okay. I don't have like a oh, strong like, this theory. is a spoiler section and yeah. we'll never know <laughs> no my but my theory because there's also something up with the psychology department because mm-hmm. Allison decides to jo- join which first of all you can't just switch your master's program <laughs> but whatever Allison decides to join the psychology department and then the person she meets with like makes a call afterwards and is like I just made Allison De Laurentiis my new TA she doesn't know it yet but she's in yeah like what the fuck's happening there Mm -hmm. so what i think it is is i think that the bhu psychology department is doing a study on the town of rosewood and what happened there and i think that this is their attempt (laughs) to to try to understand the circumstances which evolved in rosewood and the personalities (laughs) I love that. I do love that. So they've brought in a couple elements from the town, uh-huh. but then they they're using the algorithm is identifying other like similar like personality uh-huh. traits to try to to try to understand what the fuck happened in that town. Yeah. No, I think that which I and like I think I Jeremy that. works like as somebody to be brought in for that. Like we need we need a hot British guy yeah like although his face weirded me out his face was like too vague too vaguely british yeah and it might have been the styling too like it's probably like he's clearly a conventionally attractive man Mm -hmm. but for something about the styling made me made it weird but uh yeah so that's what i think is happening i think that it's the psychology department I think, like, the slightly more likely as it is the psychology department just doing a general study on, yeah. like, the pressures of academia and whatnot. Like, I almost yeah. feel as if, like, yeah, I don't know. It's a real university, yeah. but, like, it kind of feels very Truman Show-esque. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if it's not a real university? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, what yeah. if it's, like, I don't know. What if it's a mental institution? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh yeah. Yeah. I, anyways. Yeah, but I, I would love for it to be like, actually, some study, which would also make sense why we recruited Allison. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I with like, I don't know if like, part of me, okay. So at the end, the professor is sitting in the like, student union cafeteria area. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zach. Zach comes up and is like, oh, like more coffee professor or something. So like, it has to be a professor. Right unless that's kind of a red herring, right? Like yeah. maybe it's like one of the psychology professors who might find out that's not the professor. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like, I guess we can't put too much stock in that necessarily. It was fun though. Like it felt like one of the like a tags. Yes. I love, I would have loved more a tags. Um, burning questions. Yeah. So obviously like who is the professor, but almost more burning for me is who was the pig man who, who was the pig man? Cause I just can't imagine any of the like, characters putting on a pig mask right. and going into the sewer. And it just seems like something that was so out there. It was so that for it to never come back. And again, there's 10 episodes. Maybe it would have made more sense in season two. Maybe it's yeah. like Lucas gave you that massage, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but I don't know. It just, it just doesn't, it's it's crazy yeah first and foremost it feels um very out there from like the visual language of the show yeah like it's feels like it would fit honestly in original i was thinking that yeah um Um, masks but it doesn't really fit in it didn't fit and then like honestly they get over that way too quickly they should be that should be their new core mystery again like is yeah. who put on a pig mask and went into the sewer? And who pulled Ava into the sewer? Yeah. Like yeah. she fell down like 15 feet. Yeah. like wh- She was I... pulled 15 feet into that sewer. Yeah. How? How? Anyways. Who? Uh, my other question is who hit Caitlyn with the car? Yes. Because we don't get an, a definitive answer to that. Mm-hmm. At the time we think it's Mason, but then it's not Mason. And then they think it's like, Dana Booker, but then it's not Dana Booker, and then we find out that all of this was this professor person. Did the professor hit her with the car? Yeah, I mean, don't they say something, something about that, that it's seems like... too hands on though? Well, no, but they, I think they say something about how it, they're just like calling it a hit and run or something. Well, the story was that a teenage boy was going for a joyride and oh, he right. thought he hit a deer, right which is clearly not true. Right? Yeah, you're right. If that's the actual explanation, I hate that. Yeah, um, I, I trust. Him. I trust Marlene. Yeah. I, so those are. I think those are really my burning yeah. questions. Um, I, also I have we, other. Do we think Nolan might have a twin? No. I think you don't think so. No. I I think that the even if Hotchkiss... they got seven seasons. Oh, if we got seven seasons, absolutely. <laughs> if we had seven seasons, for sure. Yeah. I think two to three. No. Yeah. Um. Because I just feel like the Hotchkiss. I mean, it could have been a situation of like, the twin is like a, in some facility. Yeah. But like the Hotchkiss family is so well known in this town. Yeah. And it feels like it would have been hard to keep that. But, twin. But upright. I think it's reasonable to, th- like if they, if they were keeping this twin a secret, basically from its birth. Yeah. Like, I, like they a, probably weren't that yeah, prominent that when when Nolan was first born.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and of course, I mean, Taylor could have a twin, but I, I like yeah. the idea of like, it was such a definitive death. I think it would be funny mm-hmm. if he had a twin and he yeah. wasn't actually dead. And like i would think it'd be interesting if like nolan was the professor
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh Ooh, that would have been interesting because the thing is, it's like i feel like the professor has to be somebody we've seen and i just don't know who that would be i mean yeah, like the obvious option is like ray yeah ray hagedorn yeah uh i think he's like but he's almost too obvious yeah because he's like older a man, man. Yeah. Like kind of in and then out, you know, yeah. like we get introduced to him and then he kind of falls off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that is obvious, like, but I, that tells me that it probably wouldn't be him. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. Hopefully that, yeah. is more of like a red herring. Like I could see Claire Hotchkiss would love for it to be Nolan. Cause he's got a secret twin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know. Like, I guess could be that Argentinian professor. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Like, I don't see a lot of great candidates for it. Yeah. Oh, one thing I love, though. I, I like the idea of the villain being the entire psychology department. Though. Same. <laughs> same. Um, one little fun thing that we noticed that, uh, was on Ray Hagedorn's door it's 214 the number oh, on the yeah. door is 214 which is also the number of the motel room yeah um and, and, the, combination and, and the combination to, jenna's, to locker. jenna's locker um anyways i thought that was fun that was a fun little easter egg but yeah overall i wish that we I, had a season two i do too i yeah. really do it's a um, disappointment i think they were getting somewhere and yeah. i think it was somewhere fun yeah but and instead, we're getting a season two of original set. somehow. <laughs> I I'm dreading having to watch season two, but I'm going to oh, absolutely. But I have to. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. stuff. sister. Cheers, sister. <laughs>